Welcome to Left on Red, the Daily Mountain Eagles political podcast. I'm Jennifer Coron. And I'm Drew Gilbert. And uh, we celebrate happy uh, Indigenous Peoples Day slash Columbus Day Yeah. today. It's yeah. A, it's a holiday, so, although my kid is in school. I was about to say, so, so officially banks are closed mm-hmm. and probably some government offices. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, story time. One time I was in Denver, Colorado on Indigenous Peoples Day. I was pretty ignorant to the entire holiday, including the one labeled uh, Columbus Day. Yes. Really meant nothing to me my entire life. You know why? Because it really didn't have good coloring pages back in the day. I guess. They didn't, I, well, they didn't enforce it. And, it and we much. were at school. So that was, yeah. I mean, what mm-hmm. we celebrate? It's not a real one if we're here. Mm-hmm. Um, anyway, so we're, we were driving through downtown Denver, and the courthouse in town has a lot of uh, Native Americans on the steps of the courthouse, and they're banging drums and doing I mean, it was really cool. I mean, they were doing their, their chants and. And uh, my aunt who lives there, I was like, hey, uh, is this just like a thing y'all do on Mondays? Like, what's going on? And she said, it's Indigenous Peoples Day. And then I look just completely ignorant, like, mm-hmm. uh, what? Yeah. She goes, you know, it's Columbus Day, but then Columbus actually, you know, it, the true history of Columbus was kind of like raping and pillaging mm-hmm. land and pushing Native Americans off their land. And so uh, this is kind of like a counter holiday to that of the Indigenous Peoples. And they protest. And she said, it's really peaceful. And they mm-hmm. do this. And it's really cool to watch. Right. So we kind of watched it for a little while. And uh at the ripe old age of uh, 29, I guess, is when I learned about mm-hmm. indigenous people. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't so. think it was always a day, though, right? Like, I don't I think, think so either, but, but I also never really gave any stock to Columbus Day either. And so mm-hmm. it was just kind of like, right. that was the moment I was like, okay, this is this yeah. is like a thing for people that just wasn't for This me is the ever. future of America, dual holidays. Oh, that's what we do. So King Lee Day, <laughs> which has been a thing going back to even when we were in school. So yeah, that's you don't not like thing, this particular person, so celebrate this person instead. Yeah. We'll just, we'll do double holidays. It's yeah. fine. So happy to whatever you celebrate today. <laughs> we wish you well. Um, first off, we'll recap the uh, vice presidential debate yeah. from last week, which... Um, mm, it honestly mm. was just a debate. Um, it was it was very <laughs> canned debate. That's why it was newsworthy. People were like, so it's boring. Yeah. And then other people were like, so it's this supposed, is what debates have been for years be and boring. years and years. Um, my my biggest my biggest takeaways, um I thought I thought Pence did a better job than Kamala as far as just kind of dodging whatever the actual question was and talking about the thing you wanted to talk about to begin with. Mm-hmm. Um, he kind of did that. I felt like a few times he was a little condescending to the moderator, and because she was female, that comes across even nastier than if you were just condescending mm-hmm. to a male. Uh, I thought Kamala had a chance to really go at a few things, specifically like court packing questions. She didn't really. She kind of tiptoed around that. Mm-hmm. And then there are some differences in her platform and Joe Biden's platform they're running for president. And she just kind of dodged them instead of saying outright. Because it's inconvenient. Yeah. Just saying outright, hey, when I ran for president, this was my belief, but I'm a part of the, the Joe Biden ticket now. So I'm, I'm a part of his system. Mm-hmm. And, and that is not my belief on this I ticket. I wouldn't be here if yeah. I didn't check the right boxes on this so, question. So. I didn't like those. Uh I felt like Mr. Pence got a little more snarky towards the end. He kept like deliberately talking over, and as I mentioned, the condescension. But if you're having to grade like kind of on a scale, um, we're just talking about normal debate. We're not really talking about substance. We're just talking about our talking points, no matter what question you ask. I would have to tip my cap to Mike Pence. I thought he did better than her. Uh I would say on the debate side that he did. Um, on the purely just aesthetic side, Zach and I watched the first part of it together. Um, he kept repeatedly asking me if Mike Pence was sick. He His left eye looked like it had encountered a traumatic injury. And I didn't see a whole lot of reporting on this later. No. But 
uh, you know, it looked like possibly some pink eye going yeah. on, which yeah. is a new symptom of, of coronavirus. COVID, yeah. And yeah. so, you know, that was Zach's um, thing. Also, I found out, thanks to the beauty of Twitter, something I didn't know. Do you know only six years? There's only a six-year age difference between those two individuals, Kamala oh, Harris wow. and Mike Pence. Oh, they like a much uh, larger one. You would have thought, but six years is what separates them. Uh, this was, at the end of this debate, was the first time I had re- ever really seen Mother, um, a.k.a. Mike Pence's wife. Mm-hmm. You know, he calls her mother, which mm-hmm. is weird. That could be, we can talk about that another time if you like. Mm-hmm. Um, she actually looked younger. She looked to be Kamala's age or mm-hmm. younger to me. I was like, man, she must be a lot younger than him. I never really looked at their age differences. I want to say it's like 55 and 61. But I Mike, could be getting Mike that just wrong, looks older. It's, it's the does. white, it's the full on white it hair. Is. So yeah. he just, he kind of But also there. Zach said, you know, he looked tired, which I agreed. He looked a little bit tired. Well, look, as a guy that gets bloodshot eyes from time to time and I have mm-hmm. to rest my eyes and not wear my contacts for a few days and I don't sleep sleep ride and I pl- stay up late mm-hmm. playing video games or whatever, um, I get bloodshot eyes from time to time. These weren't bloodshot eyes. This was like <laughs> something had happened. Yeah. There he, was something bad had happened to his eyes. So I hope well, he's got he'd rest. had a rough week in the in the Trump world. Yeah. Well, uh, he hitched and to the, the wagon. on the Kamala so. side, Zach got annoyed by the facial, the constant yeah. facial and the head bobbing I and the facial I expected it, stuff. though. So I guess it didn't bother um, me because I thought it was A little bit of it, but... It's almost like she knew the camera was on her, and she also knew that there were going to be memes that would live on forever. Oh, yeah. yeah. And she was just, like, coming up with expressions in her mind to be the next meme of her. I was about to say, it's almost as if she's posturing for a 2024 run for president today. (laughs) yes. Oh, wait. Yeah, that's what she's doing. (laughs) Um, So that was fun. If you could just, like, pull back and just, like, I guess mute the TV and just watch them, and you didn't know what she was saying. Like when she was talking and also what she wasn't talking, she did some of her best facial exp- expressions when she wasn't talking. Like he would say something and she would literally like roll her eyes or yeah. do something yeah. with her mouth and stuff like that. So um, we actually which in a debate, you know, is is not in a normal debate that would be seen as somewhat juvenile. You don't yeah, but it's do 2020, that. So what's normal? But in 2020, people expected her to to throw some shade however she needed yeah. to throw yeah. some shade there was a really good image of um so you know the harris the harris uh people actually requested the shields because yes. they were fairly certain mm-hmm. vice president pence right. had been in contact with the president there was a really good picture it's um it's a the camera aimed at kamala but there's a reflection of mike pence mm-hmm. in the in the plexiglass next to her and I was like, this this pic, this is a good historical photo mm-hmm. here because it really kind of tells a story of the time mm-hmm. that I hope we never see in these presidential debates again mm-hmm. is plexiglass shields and masks and distancing. Yes. Um, I actually use this to explain um, how I viewed the debate. So classic TV historian here. I love them. Collect them. Um, the pilot episode of Mary Tyler Moore, she goes in for the job with Lou Grant, mm-hmm. and he's going over her things, and he says, um, he's going through the list of questions, and she said he asked for what religion she is, and she says, you're not really allowed to ask that. And he says, you want to call a cop uh, in, his, in his Lou Grant way? And so they move on, and he says, how old are you? And she says, Presbyterian. And he says, excuse me? And she says, I chose to answer your other question. And he said, ah. And so then he moves on and he says, are you married? And she says, 35 or something (laughs) like that. That's kind of how the debate was. At some point, like, they both answered 
for the most part, the questions that were asked. Yeah. But generally, it was three questions after they had been asked. So he'd get a question on, you know, international relations, and he'd take it to abortion, and then you get the abortion question, and then we would hear about, you know, whatever, fracking or something. It, w- it was quite odd. You you couldn't tell from the responses what the original question had been. So that was uh, that, that, was that. That is a very good explanation of what we saw. That was that takeaway. Um, so now that we've actually talked about learn. the debate. Yeah, I didn't learn anything. No, nah, and, and we've said this for weeks. Are, are there any undecided mm-hmm. voters out there? I mean, if you are, can mm-hmm. I meet you? Because I'd really like to know how you've not made your mind up mm-hmm. on which side of this ticket you're on. And I think it's how people view the debate. People who already were going to vote for the Trump-Pence ticket viewed it as a ginormous win for Of Mike course Pence. they did, yeah, yeah. People who were already going to vote for the Biden-Harris uh, ticket thought that she did what she needed to do. Yeah. No one really came out and said she did an excellent job, though. And no one really came out and said he did an excellent job. And that that's the story of all it. it Honestly, just, for me... Neither one of them did stupid things. For me, I don't really it. need any and more debates. And poor Pence couldn't help that fly, y'all. Let's talk about the fly. He can't... He didn't. Although I saw that someone possibly... Uh, Kamala Harris, maybe it was like a mini murder hornet that they sent out. Someone made that joke. Did you see Saturday Night Live's but take on he it? he couldn't... He couldn't help it, y'all. Um, the fly landed, and I, I kind of chuckled. And then uh, I, at the time, I had run over to my parents' house, was dropping something off. And then my mom chuckled. And then, you know, 45 seconds later, you're still looking at this fly. And I looked at my mom. I said, this has no substance whatsoever, but it's certainly going to be the biggest story of a vice presidential debate because it's 2020, and, and that's where we are. Boring. Before I even made it home, which I live two blocks from my parents, there was a Twitter account called Mike Pence's Fly that mm-hmm. had 10,000 followers mm-hmm. before I mm-hmm. made it home. And I was like, oh, my Lord. Mm-hmm. This world we've created for ourselves. We mm-hmm. deserve it. We've mm-hmm. done it to ourselves. We deserve this thing. We really did. Oh, goodness. Yeah, he couldn't help the fly. Mm-hmm. He could help. Maybe he couldn't help the traumatic injury to his left eye. That was actually more distracting to me. Every time he cut his eyes mm-hmm. to Kamala, the, the his left eye on the left yeah. hand side, it looked like I really felt bad Which for him. It looked painful. I mean, you know, he looked unwell, but apparently he wasn't as unwell as. Well, as do we really know said. the health of anyone anymore? Well, yeah, that's true. <sighs> um, they're gonna they're gonna make me start believing in these conspiracy theories, like that we have a cure for cancer, but we just don't put it out there and stuff. Mm-hmm. If if like a, a Donald Trump can just pop back up like that, mm-hmm. and, the, and all Chris these people Christie say, Chris as well Christie received even, the same even drugs more that Chris Trump Christie, did, so because Chris Christie hasn't lived this like entire life of privilege, and he mm-hmm. is certainly um, farther down the obese category mm-hmm. than, than Mr. Trump is, and. He just pops right back out of the hospital, and I'm like, "All right, I've literally I've we're, watched." <laughs> we're closer than we think on um, on some some vaccinations. I'm starting to buy in. Is it? I'm yeah. about to ten full hat it and live in my parents' basement. Um, and the other best thing about the debate, in my opinion, was that uh, Tupac was supposed to show up. <laughs> At least there were tickets at the at the will call. I guess was her yeah. will call there tickets uh, in Kamala Harris's name to Tupac. What's that about? So I had to look into that when I saw that when I saw that headline. Apparently she was on a NAACP mm-hmm. like an award show or something. Mm-hmm. I'm not quite sure what the event was and she got the question. Um and so when I told Zach about it later, I said, So Kamala was asked who the greatest uh rapper alive was and he was like, Did she say Eminem? Zach's been reading all the Eminem biographies yeah. lately. Yeah. Uh he said, Did she say Eminem or you know, I forget who else he mentioned. I said, Nope. So she said Tupac, and he allowed the appropriate beat, and he said, 
Tupac's dead. Yeah. And I said, been yeah, dead. he is. <laughs> been dead for 20 plus years. <laughs> like, him being dead is kind of part of his thing. Well, she, like, who killed Tupac? Well, she played it off well and that I'm a West Coast girl and he always lives and blah, blah, blah. And Actually, I, really, I think that was the moderator oh, who played it, it off okay. for her. Kamala did it, not think on her feet quickly enough. Her response was, I keep doing that or something like that. Yeah, it's like, you I keep, keep saying Tupac's I keep, alive? <laughs> I keep thinking Tupac's still here. <laughs> <laughs> so that was like, um... But again, it's 2020. So yeah. the the literally the, Trump campaign. the sitting president of the United States of America, uh, the campaign associated with him to get a rib in, had tickets reserved for a dead man mm-hmm. in her to name. get a joke in. This mm-hmm. dead man has family still mm-hmm. alive, mm-hmm. and you've just made him a national headline. And then it made Fox. He was murdered. Mm-hmm. I mean, come on, guys. Can Although, we not? Again, in Zach's offense, uh, he said, you know, he does keep putting out music. This is true. He had a little holograph uh, show up at some concerts it's and stuff. So, so I guess he's he's still kind of there. I guess some people forget. But um, oh, so Lord. that's what the debate will be remembered for. This is where we are. Tupac guys. skipped it. Yeah. Um, he had a good reason. He's literally not with us anymore. Yeah. And the fly. Photo bombed. Yeah, Mike Pence. And then outside of that, it was just kind of a regular old, completely not canned debate. I keep hearing in some of the podcasts I listen to, "What if this is the looking into the future for the next presidential debate? You know, if he becomes the nominee, she becomes the Democratic Party's nominee. You know, yeah. will we see these two again? I don't think so. I don't know. I don't know I don't that you'll know. see him as a nominee because the the Trumpism movement would would be more likely to push one of his actual Sons. people. Yeah. Um, Pence was very much a conservative right, the Christian conservative right grab mm-hmm. of a candidate, and might also add, I think was the second or third person that was offered the vice presidency because the first two people turned him down. Mm-hmm. He's not like an insider, like the the people mm-hmm. that bear the Trump name or Mr. Kushner mm-hmm. or one of those is. And I, I, I firmly believe that if we're going to continue to push Trumpism after Trump, they're going to they're going to have to push from within. They're not yeah. going to push one of these adjacent top, you know, Chris Christie's of mm-hmm. the world. They're not going to push those guys. So, anything else happened this week that you want to talk about? Anything else of import? Uh, after last week, it kind of seemed like a. Well, um, you know, President Trump's alive, so that's a he's, thing. He's still making uh, the rounds. Made it back home shortly after we, we recorded last week. He flew back out of Walter Reed. Yeah, we said there was no, he wasn't going to be released, and he was yeah. released the oh, next he did day. Yeah. A little pomp and circumstance. Certainly looked like he was breathing a little heavier, as someone should have mm-hmm. that was struggling from such a thing. Um, did a wave. The weird thing that they did, he, he made it back and then was kind of dark for a few days. You know, No one saw him, so then there's conspiracy theories of how is he really. And I'm like, for me, I don't really care. Like, if he's resting in the White House, that's cool. Like, get, mm-hmm. get well, buddy. But then they did a um, – he did a video that looked like a – if you've ever seen these general managers of the uh, car dealerships, like <laughs> standing out in the dealership trying to sell their cars. He did a video that was very reminiscent of those. And as a matter of fact, it was so reminiscent – the Lincoln Project, which is the group of never Trump Republicans, mm-hmm. they took literally just him and his words and superimposed him into those style infomercials. They didn't even change what he was saying, and it right. fit. But anyway, they did it. Uh, what I thought was a strange move. It seemed to be an obvious green screen behind him that made it appear that he was out on the White House lawn while he's actually at the White House. Mm-hmm. I thought that was really strange because. It doesn't look like it's actually the White House lawn. So you didn't really project that he was standing on the White House lawn to me. Mm-hmm. Why didn't you just 
put him behind the resolute desk or something like mm-hmm. that's pretty freaking presidential right. i just thought they missed a little bit from from like an imaging standpoint i was mm-hmm. like you could have done this better because he seemed okay standing there talking right. so just put him in like a real setting instead of a fake one and you've 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 done it mm-hmm. and i feel like they just continue to do this they just continue to like get some of it right and some of it wrong and i'm just like dude y'all are mm-hmm. you're the president like you right. can win all of these battles and they're just I don't know. He's got some morons around him. I'm I'm fairly. I don't certain. like the precedent of using um, green screens with with presidents because I mean, imagine, um, you know, something like a nine eleven or Katrina or or something like that. Imagine you know the president giving yeah. you know like the formal whatever, and then you you know cut off the green screen and he's actually I don't know hiking the Appalachian Trail yeah. or something like yeah. he's not yeah. you know he's not at all in charge of anything it's, so I don't, was, I don't uh, like the idea of let's pretend you know even though he was at the White House let's pretend he's at the White House and then the president's really not there I thought it was a strange move uh, they they were this close to like getting it right and they just mm-hmm. I'm yeah. like why green screen guys uh, well one story that I wanted to bring up that I feel like has gotten very little attention and um, is actually quite frightening is that there was a plot to overthrow yeah. the government and kidnap uh, the Gretchen governor Wimmer. of yeah. Michigan. Yeah, This is not my script for a Hollywood movie. This is a real, a real thing. thing that yeah. happened. Yeah. I believe, was it 13 overall? Some mm-hmm. got charged federally and some got charged state. 13 people were charged in this um uh, in this plan to literally storm the Capitol, yeah, kidnap the governor, mm-hmm. and, and basically try overthrow her the, for treason. They were going to overthrow the state government in some way yeah. that I can only imagine. The only sentences to be handed out in such a trial would be the death penalty. I so guess. a handful, of, and these were uh, militia. I think there were a couple of different uh, militia groups yeah. that were it, that were implicated in this. Um, so they were just going to take over the government, and this was a plan. Yeah. This had they had staked out, I believe, her summer house or something, uh-huh. and. Um, you know, this is this is legit, and yeah. the FBI uh, said so. Yeah, and federal agents actually came in and made the arrest and uh, thwarted the plot, as and, it were. And uh, not only, when I was going back over some of the news articles, not only Michigan, but it said it involved several states. Mm-hmm. Did you say that? And they never named which ones the other states were that yeah. I ever saw. But this wasn't just about Michigan. This was... This potentially could have been other state capitals. It, it seems silly to me because let's say you don't like Miss Whitmer and the things she's done. Specifically, where she's gotten the most clout is um, COVID nineteen lockdowns mm-hmm. and things of that Which nature. Which is what most of this was about. And and some of it, she's been pretty extreme. I mean, it's it's been pretty pretty far down the road. But mm-hmm. at the end of the day, I mean, we live we live in a democracy, and she's only got so many years left. And if the people choose her again, then as the little militia, you should be like, okay, well, we're in the minority. Mm-hmm. Maybe we don't want to live in this state or be here. Um, and if she doesn't win again, then you you move on, right? And I, I've never understood, like, if, if she had been there for 12 years and wouldn't leave and there was mm-hmm. a lot of shadiness surrounding how she kept getting reelected, yeah, that's a that might be militia overthrow time, but, well, I mean, on, what are we doing? On the side of, of how we got here, not that it is at all defensible, but also just to give some contrast to people who think we live in some sort of... Uh, nanny state where yeah. Mama Ivy is telling us what to do all the time. Right. Since all this began, uh, K. Ivy has issued 
uh, eight, I think, an original safer at home order and then eight um, amendments. I, I went back to the last press release we got. So I think she's issued eight separate times. She's issued something about safer at home. Governor Whitmer has issued 192 executive orders yeah. as of yeah. today about COVID-19. Um, there was a point where, uh, and she enforced it um, uh, through the criminal justice, so you could be fined and, and potentially arrested for um, not following these orders. At one point, she tried to uh, get the penalties up from 90 days in jail to one to three years in jail, and from a $500 misdemeanor to between five and $70,000 as yeah. a penalty. Yeah. Uh, $300,000 in fines were assessed to uh, nine businesses and one city government, by the way, yeah. uh, up there in, in Michigan who were fined by this. Some of the fines were as high as $6,300. Uh, but then a lot of this, oh yeah, and the, uh, the Detroit Police Department wrote 2,500 tickets between April the 14th and May the 18th. And the deal was, so if you got multiple tickets, that's how all of a sudden it became like a jail time situation or, or high fines. Yep. So a lot of this fell apart on October 2nd when the Michigan Supreme Court said that a lot of these um, extended uh, executive orders and things that she had been issuing weren't valid because she was using some old statutes that didn't apply based on their reading of it. Um, The state legislature had said the state of emergency ended April the 30th. She continued to issue these orders after the April the 30th, and and the state Supreme Court said that's a no-go. Uh, so that happened the week before <laughs> this plot was um, was brought forward to the public. So obviously, you got some people who are pissed about the way that she's handled things up there. Um, I, I think it paints a bigger narrative that you and I have talked about a lot. We're just at a point where we're, we're just so volatilely against one another. It's just silly, is it not? Mm-hmm. I mean, we have so much in common. We all stand for the same freedoms in the same place, and. We just choose to stare at these things and literally plot an overthrow <laughs> of well, a government. the whole militia thing, there's a history, obviously, in this oh, country. Yeah. Oh, you yeah. can't avoid it because of the Second Amendment. And I went back and looked up um, some of the Oklahoma City stuff because this was, I believe, the 25th anniversary this year of the Oklahoma City bombing. Mm-hmm. The things Timothy McVeigh was saying back in 1995 mm-hmm. about the government and all these things are exactly the things that these militia groups are saying right now. Uh, That's what the plan was back then with the Oklahoma City bombing. They wanted to overthrow an unjust unjust government. Right. Um, Also, a point, uh, this happened, this kind of a thing happened back in 1968 where a group of people uh, didn't necessarily take over the state capitol, but they certainly walked around the state capitol with... um, rifles and all sorts of automatic weapons mm-hmm. um and both ronald reagan and the national um the nra were against this and passed gun control legislation yes do you know why <laughs> keep their uh, their elected officials safe i don't know well that group happened to be the Black Panthers <laughs> uh, that uh, walked around the state capitol in California. They didn't everyone, like them carrying Made guns, everyone huh? feel unsafe. Yeah. And in 1968, both Ronald Reagan and the NRA were very much in favor of gun control because of 
the Black Panthers. I did see recently um, in Stone Mountain, Georgia, they had a, and I don't know if it was if it was actually the Black Panthers or some type of affiliate members, but they were they were um, peacefully protesting with their mm-hmm. uh, automatic um, and semi-automatic, mm-hmm. I guess, assault rifles. And they were literally doing it to prove a point of mm-hmm. we you know we just watched all these white people do it mm-hmm. in at the Dagum mm-hmm. Capitol and police were giving them bottles of water right. so we just we wanted to do it to right. show you we could do it too and uh, I thought the imagery was was pretty strong mm-hmm. to I don't know that it's they really inter- cared about it's an it. interesting through line between once again of two groups that seem so polar opposite of each other or you would imagine they're polar opposite of each other like the the militias and the Black Panthers really. They both um, advocate for the same thing. In in the Black Panthers, it was basically the government, you know, can't be trusted anymore and black people should arm themselves. The militias are saying, you know, the government can't be trusted anymore. We need to arm ourselves. We need to overthrow the government. So um, there's a little bit of a history here. We never seem to to resolve it. Um, You know, there's the Oregon standoff. There's so many of these things. We just keep replaying this. But this one seemed to be the most legitimate in terms of taking over the government oh certainly yeah i I feel like this was a serious this really could have ended with them getting their hands on on the governor i mean if it was serious enough for federal agents to arrest you that means they Mm -hmm. have probable cause to charge you with the crime at this Mm -hmm. point this wasn't like a Uh, hey we're just trying to stop you from doing it so i'm really surprised that this isn't getting more traction than it is uh because it's it's terrifying it is it is everything that is wrong with this country all rolled up into one news story um it even has some implications, uh, you know, what happens after the election because these militias, and they're everywhere. I mean, they're not just in the state of Michigan, let's be clear. Uh, what happens if, let's say, President Trump loses the election and uh, there's some question as to whether he's going to peacefully transfer power? Or even if he does, how do certain groups interpret his moves? Yeah. Yeah. And do they think it's time for them to take matters in their own hands that the election was stolen from a legitimate president? And this is what militias are all about. Oh, yeah. So this may <laughs> come, you know, to our own back door yeah, I'm at not, some point. I'm not overly concerned, no matter if Mr. Trump loses, I'm not really concerned about whether he's vacating the White House or not because mm-hmm. he's going to vacate the White House if he loses, whether he, whether he really puts up a fight or not. That's not really, like, optional. Right. Uh, but I'm with you. I am. I'm concerned a little more on the civil unrest side. Mm-hmm. Are people really going to take this rhetoric? And even if no one overthrows the government, even if they just, I mean, if one person dies, it's too many. Yep. It's gone too yep. far. Agreed. So, and we're already seeing it. I mean, we're we're seeing people in these uh, counter protesters and protest. We're seeing them kill each other almost weekly right. now, and it's it's just so high high political temperatures and our gun culture in this country and just all these things wrapped up is yeah. is not making for a not a good combo right now yeah making for a good moment in history so uh, so yep that was my kind of underrated story of the week i can't believe yeah it really didn't get uh front page as much as it probably mm-hmm. should have i mean that, that was a real threat to one of 50 governors i mean mm-hmm. that's that's a big deal so. yep yep uh so anything else going on well, um, this week? we can talk about polling if you'd like. Yeah. Uh, so the, the the general average at this point is is Mr. Biden leading by about 10 points Things nationally. Things continue to look well for him. Yeah. We've seen in some polls, reputable polls, be as high as 15. Um, and then the closest of polls nationally is about seven 
point lead, which is still a pretty massive lead, but his average is about 10. One of the, there were two polls that really astounded me over the last weekend. Uh, one was the Rasmussen poll, which is a historically right-leaning poll. It is, it, it polls a lot of conservative voters, mm-hmm. so it typically yields a lot of conservative results. Uh, they did kind of a spot poll, and it yielded like a 12-point lead for Biden, which is nuts, because this is a poll that has consistently been four, five, six points mm-hmm. to Trump uh, in favor of him. So that one was a little bit astounding. But on the opposite end of that spectrum, there was another poll that is a typically reputable poll that yielded, it was uh, the state of Florida specifically, and it yielded uh, Biden up by 11 in the state of Florida. No one's up by 11 mm-hmm. in the state of Florida. If you landslide in Florida, you win by three. I mean, it's this state. My entire life has been like mm-hmm. that, and it is not changing this yeah. year. There's just no way. I found that poll to be a little bit crazy, but overall, um, it, it really appears to be Mr. Biden's to lose. Um, I think and that Trump is apparently pulling his ads in a lot of these. In a he lot is. Of these states. He is. He's refocusing. At a time and when most people are doubling down on their advertising, he's pulling it. Yeah, and, and they're refocusing efforts in, in some like I mean, he's having to fight for Florida. They're actually having to spend resources in Texas, which is something a Republican hasn't had to do in a long time. But it, uh, Beto O'Rourke really changed Texas a little bit when he ran against Ted Cruz. Mm-hmm. He really uh, mobilized a young left vote, and that's only gotten bigger since he did that. So Texas is actually more of a threat all of a sudden. I don't think that, that Biden can take Texas necessarily, but he's, but he's making Trump resources. work for it, yeah. Georgia um, also they like the way jo- in play. Georgia. Jo- Georgia, if I was a betting man right now, I would I'd say Biden's going to win Georgia mm-hmm. because it was close enough in that gubernatorial election that the Democrat might have actually won that election. I mean, it was that close. Yeah. And so I think again the mobilization of new registered voters mm-hmm. is left leaning and uh, I think Georgia's Biden's at this point. Uh, that doesn't mean he's going to win it, but I think if the election were today, he did. Yeah. Um, and again, I go back to what I said earlier. I just don't think there's a lot of undecided voters right now. I think people have made up their mind where they are. And mm-hmm. so it's, I don't know, it's it's almost uh, all the campaigning and the rhetoric and the stories and the debates are just, they're just moot right now. They mm-hmm. just, like, they're just noise wow. that don't matter a lot. Although no one has been able to put their finger on what changed about two to three weeks ago. I mean, because a lot of that, well, the debate drove a lot of it, you know, the presidential debate. Um, But something, certain groups just wholeheartedly abandoned Trump, it seems, about two to three weeks ago. Well, and what I think, and I've mentioned the Lincoln Project a few times, and they actually had a 60 Minutes piece last night. I didn't didn't watch the piece. I didn't get to watch it. I'm going to go back. So these guys, I I didn't completely understand them at first, and I kind of grasp what they're doing now. These are uh, a group of Republicans and Republican strategists that have never voted for Democrats. Mm -hmm. They believe that the brand that Trump brings to the table, the volatility and the division, while it's getting them a lot of short-term conservative gains, and what I mean by that is they're getting a lot of policies enacted that they like, they're getting judgeships specifically as a big one, they're getting a lot Mm -hmm. of conservative judges, they're afraid that it's so volatile that it's actually going to kill them nationally. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you look like Biden's, you know, polling plus 10, in my lifetime, uh, you know, George W. Bush won without winning the popular vote. Donald Trump won without winning the popular vote. So every gain the Republicans have gotten nationally has been hard fought in my lifetime. Mm-hmm. I mean, you really had to work for it. H.W. Bush was a one-term president because Clinton came and got him in the second term. You, you just look at the state of their party over the last 30 years on a national scale. They, they've kind of struggled a little bit. Well, this group believes that Trump is like the death blow of their party. They believe in all of these conservative values. They're, they're 
gun-toting, anti-abortion. I mean, they are everything that a Republican is. And they believe that the best thing that they can do for the Republican Party, not even the country, for the Republican Party to survive is to vote for Joe Biden. Mm -hmm. And they believe this from the beginning. But then they took it a step further. So I understood that. They've taken a step further where they're against Trump's nomination of Amy Coney Barrett. They're against people that have enabled Trump, like a Mitch McConnell, Mm -hmm. um, like a, a Lindsey Graham. They're against those guys now, too. And basically what they've decided is we have to steer completely clear of Trumpism. We have mm-hmm. to go, anybody that embraced it. Anything that he touched. We need rid of them so that we can actually salvage some version of a conservative party. They have such a deep belief inside this group. They don't even believe they're going to be able to label themselves Republicans on the backside of this. They're going to have to like change their name mm-hmm. and be the conservative party, whatever the name of it is, and be once again kind of legitimately conservative. I propose conservative. we bring back Bull Moose. I'm all for it. If they have a poll, I'm... That's I'm, a freaking awesome... I'm here for Bull Moose. Mascot. Um, if we're going to blow up the whole party system, I kind you know, I really like what uh, a lot of the other countries do where there's like 15 of them and mm-hmm. then they have to assemble like a unified government mm-hmm. amongst all these other ones. I really love that system. Right. That well, would you can totally a lot say to like a about. green party. Yeah. And you can totally say that. But these guys really, truly believe they have to blow up everything to do with Trump, everyone and everything to save a conservative uh, face moving mm-hmm. forward. And what I mean by that is they feel that the longer they let Trump linger, you're getting more and more short-term gains, but you're losing 30 years of votes. Mm-hmm. You're losing generations of people. You're right. going to have people that, like, this is the first election they vote in, and they just don't see Trump as their guy. They don't like that brand. They're going to associate the Republican Party as that, the things that they don't like about mm-hmm. Trump, forever. And they're just going to blindly vote Democrat for a long, long time. And that's what these guys are scared of. And I think that's the movement that we're seeing is more and more people are kind of like-minded with them now. Like, I'm a conservative. I like my guns. I'm anti-abortion. I go to church every Sunday. I stand for all these things that they say. I just believe Trump's like murdering our party from mm-hmm. within. And I'm going to vote for Joe Biden, stomach it for four years and find wow. me a good Republican, you know, four years down the road. And uh, I think that movement's growing. Yeah, I don't think you're... Your left vote is really growing necessarily, um, and I don't think that it's necessarily like the right vote is shrinking. The anti-vote is. I think it's the anti-vote. I think it's the, for whatever reason they've decided we can't have Trump, um, that that group is growing. Mm-hmm. And that's probably going to be the story, honestly, when it's all said enough. Well, inside my house, um, I told you before we started recording that my son in the fifth grade yeah. is about to learn right before we blow up the party system. <laughs> Uh, they are attempting this week to teach fifth graders um, about the two parties. Mm-hmm. And apparently one of his assignments is going to be deciding which party he feels like he lines up with the most based on some video they watched one day this week. And then they're going to learn about uh, President Trump and they're going to learn about Joe Biden and, and just kind of about these candidates. So obviously it's fifth grade, it's civics. They're just trying to yeah. teach them. But I express my concerns to you about, I cannot imagine how you tell a group of fifth graders what these two men are about <laughs> or not about, what these two parties are about or not about. I, I even suggested that instead of using anything current, can we use like a, a really good Obama speech uh, to represent the Democratic yeah. Party and a really good Reagan speech to represent the Republicans, right. and then you decide which team you're on. Don't right. use anything new. <laughs> yeah, I mean, um, 
Yes, like or you could do a Bill Clinton speech. We could do that. Clinton, but I know the Clinton name's a little bit more tainted. I now, just I guess. really, I'm I'm going to dig into this further uh, as the week goes on and, and possibly report back. But I really just want to know if you can't get I the can't intel. Imagine. If you like, can't get the I info, let imagine. me know, and uh, I'll chase that downhill. We're going to find out. I'm very curious um, if that's done correctly. You really could get like blind thoughts from an 11 year old or however mm-hmm. old you are at, at, mm-hmm. at that grade, which is very interesting to me. Mm-hmm. The problem is, is that especially in the, the Trump era of politics, most kids know what mom and right. daddy think, <laughs> whether they're well, cussing at Trump when he comes on the screen or flying his flag so, on their front porch. Not that I imagine fifth graders would care about taxes, but let's just say they wanted to say Republicans are against, you know, tax increases or something like yeah. that. Yeah. That's not true on the face of it in the way that, you know, the last four years and before that. I mean, it's not – you just have to simplify it down to the point where it can't possibly anything can be true about it anymore, the things that you say about (laughs) describing these parties. Yeah, it's really – I mean, you can say possibly who founded the parties. You can say which presidents have been in which parties. Yeah. Um I don't know. It's a tough. I don't envy being a teacher in this situation uh-uh. because it I is really, really it's really hard from. to keep this actually educational and less about someone's opinion. You know, mm-hmm. a, a volatile opinion wow. at that. I'm curious. Let me know how that goes. Yeah, we're gonna see how that goes. Um, so I guess that's kind of it on the on the political front. How many more meetings do you have as a mayor of Cordova? I've got two more. I've got tomorrow one. Night, I've got one tomorrow night, one. and then two weeks out. Um, spoke with the mayor-elect this morning. We're trying to be real deliberate over the next three or four weeks of copying him on all the emails and mm-hmm. sending him all the information. Uh, we've done something unique where rather than adopt an entire fiscal year budget, um, I'm forecasting the revenue for the entire year, but I'm only adopting the first quarter. The ones, yeah. So that first quarter covers a month of Gets my him. term, two months of him. Yeah. Get your feet underneath you. The, the first quarter of a municipal calendar for small municipalities like us you're just paying payroll and bills. You, yeah. you you don't spend money at the end of a calendar year because mm-hmm. you don't have it. So it's really easy for me to just kind of project, hey, here's what it takes to keep the lights on right. and everybody paid. And then in January is when we have influx of revenue. It's when business licenses renew and a lot of your uh, ad valorem tax and stuff starts to flow in. And then that's when he can start kind of having his directives for the remainder of the year. And I told him, I said, it on two fronts for me, it's pointless for me to adopt. 12 months worth of expenses. One is I'm going to put a lot of work, a lot of time to get this done and then you're not going to like it and not going to carry it. The other is I can do all of this and then I box you out of doing things you want to do because you want to follow my budget. Mm -hmm. I said it don't make any sense in the world to me to adopt this thing to hand it to you. So that's that was really nice. I love these peaceful transfers of power. On the power. community spirit front, I saw that Cordova, I believe, was the first municipality to jump out and say it's going to have a Christmas parade. Yeah. Is that a current mayor decision funny or story. a future mayor <laughs> funny decision? Funny story. As you know, I have a standing policy in my house uh, that we don't talk about things that are on Facebook because I think that's where the devil lives. And uh, my wife breaks it daily. And she literally said something about, hey, the city just posted they were going to have a Christmas uh, parade. And I said, I said, uh, yeah, it's in December. I won't be here. And then she just kind of looked at me, and I was like, I, that's literally no concern of mine. I have no time for that. <laughs> and she said, okay. So, uh, yeah, that was the uh, that was up, up and comers. 
we honestly for the size of the Cordova parade and where the rowdy is we we really could properly social distance and do something responsible there yeah i'll take the heat for it what i said is about 20 people attend the Cordova <laughs> christmas parade so i think we can social distance but you, about you talk about people. how big of a difference is the walker the walker county the yes. chamber of commerce walker county canceled theirs i've been to yes. that one you stack four or five deep on the sidewalk there is no social distancing i think it was it was smart strategically if you were going to do it because i think a lot of people who are really upset about there not being a county Christmas yeah. parade because uh, that's all two things happen with Cordova one sometimes it's been scheduled on the same night as another yeah. as another yeah, they're hard to dodge so you, God, don't, they're hard to dodge. you don't get it yeah um, and then you just have you know the people who've already done parade after parade after uh-huh. parade and they just they just don't want to do one anymore unless some of the community I know Oakman's already come out and said they're not going to do any other events for the rest of the year I assume that that includes Christmas parades uh, we don't know about East Walker which would probably be the other biggest one in this area but the anti uh, no parade movement. Let's let's yeah. call them that. They're gonna come to Cordova. They're gonna come to Cordova. Yeah. Whether that be good gonna, or bad, they're not I don't gonna know. have any place else to yeah. go. Um, I also told our sitting sheriff uh, that somehow we were in conversation. I guess when I saw it come across, he said, "Well, I gotta get my float together because, of course, he's not gonna miss an opportunity to no. wave at the masses. Oh no, he will uh, not. Twenty five people they may be. He's gonna wave at them and flex for them with a beard um, now. By the way, yeah, he's had the beard though. It's just, it's just, it's a. I don't know. Yeah, I don't like beard. It's like evil Nick Smith, I think, with the beard. Yes, like if we were because he was the, so anti-facial hair in Cordova. Yeah, he's evil Nick Smith now. Well, he got to the sheriff's department and realized they all look more grown up than he does. You know what I just thought of? Yeah, a really good Twitter account would be Nick Smith's beard, and then you could do like dark, um, kind of like the ostrich did with the. Do you think the the beard the or the angle. sleeveless tee? It's the beard. It's the beard. Because it's evil Nick Smith. So yeah. everything that Nick Smith stands for, you just tweet the opposite. Yeah. But now I've said it out loud, so I can't do it. If it shows up, we have nothing to do with it. Yeah, I won't it. do it, I promise, now, but I've given the idea. Yeah. We, we put that out in the world. Uh, I but might, no. I might um, do it, to be to be clear. So my official stance, and I'll tell you another thing, too, You know, working in this transition, and, and you're familiar with, uh, we've surplused our National Guard Armory, we're selling it mm-hmm. to the Board of Education. It's going through a lot of bureaucratic... Through the, sure. through the Armory Commission Governor's Office sign off to, yeah. s- to sell it. It's going through all that right now. The board has agreed. The city has agreed. We're, we're fine right. with it. But anyway, we we're going to use the proceeds of that to buy a tractor, a new sidearm tractor, which is greatly needed. Well, the mayor-elect agrees with me. Uh, he may want to do a different way about mm-hmm. it. And so we, we spoke today and basically was like, hey, it looks like this is going to linger into your term anyway. Yeah. If you're committing to me that you're going to get this equipment because you think this is something we need, I'm not going to push the envelope in my term. Let's just let this land on you. Yeah. And, you know, you're going to get the money and you decide, you know, what kind and where, who, what, yeah. when. So those little things. It's really good to have that kind of peaceful transfer. I don't know that you, you probably don't have it when you ran against each other because so they're still like you're not going to barricade yourself in your office? I did make a joke. I yeah, did make did. a joke uh, at a previous council meeting that he was going to have the Secret Service remove me from my office. Um, but yeah, that's false. I will, I'll be packed up and ready to go <laughs> before the day gets here. I'm ready for him to, to, to yeah. take the reins and, yeah. He's got some good ideas, and I'm I was hoping just curious, and, and I think they were wise if they were going to do it to get out in front. But I did wonder, like, no, nah, wasn't me. Who's who's making no. the decisions about the I, Christmas parade? I will this make year? a blanket statement to you that if it is anything that involves November second onward, it wasn't me. Yeah. And honestly, if it's between now and November second, I've probably they, consulted the mayor. They did it very strategically because oh, they, they posted that about two days after the other. I think they did it so strategically that they didn't actually properly communicate it within uh, the city government. So, 
<laughs> Which um, lesson learned? You got to tell all your people that's maybe, what you're doing. Maybe we'll just end on I'll correct the record because I felt so bad. So something else that we did this week, um, I did. Let me be clear. I did it, not we. Um, so the whole trick-or-treating thing yeah. with the mayor. Yeah. We got two phone calls, back-to-back days, from people wanting to know what do we do about trick-or-treating this year. Is it going to happen? I don't want to buy the candy if it's not going to happen. Like, what's the deal? So I called the mayor. The mayor's office had, I don't think, given any thought to that point. But obviously, I mean, there are questions. Will the businesses be allowed to, you know, give out candy? You know, will the city offices, the county offices and whatnot? Just what are you advising, I guess? Um, And woefully underestimated, once again, the headlines. The sheriff's department, you know, really hates every Daily Mountain Eagle headline, I think. And I woefully underestimated putting that headline that Mayor O'Mary said trick-or-treating is going to be allowed this year. Um, people literally lost their minds. stop me from trick-or-treating. You can't, right? Although I did put in there, it didn't get as much play. He did say that I don't see any way in which getting groups of children from from multiple households together and taking them up to a front door where you don't know who's going to answer or something like yeah. that. It was very funny how he phrased that, is advisable. Yeah. So he basically said it's probably not the best idea in the world to just do it the way you always do it, but we're not going to stand in the way of it, definitely. Yeah, that's, is, what, is that's what one of those said. where... I, I unintentionally reignited a culture war over trick-or-treating last week. It's funny. That's one of those where even, even with as young as I am and inexperienced as I am a lot of things... I'm a slightly more experienced politician, and I would have frankly told you people want to go from private property to private property. Where that does that mm-hmm. really involve me? Like, right. that's, that's their life. Right. Although he did say again, he said that if they were to throw like a big party or something, if they were you know invite a hundred kids over, they would look at it. He said. So, well, but that's within the governor's order currently. Right. So, I mean, he they do have some authority. He there. didn't preclude the fact. I would have dodged you outright. Yeah. I, I would have. Well, he couldn't because <laughs> there's another government entity which shall remain nameless, but that is actively dodging the Daily Mountain Eagle right now. Hey, so technically, even in defiance, possibly of some laws, we hold on. Quite, so, we're not quite sure. So I think that was a lot of it. He had he had earlier in the day expressed, you know, we you know we don't want to behave this way with you guys if you got a question. And so, like I said, it was in response to actual questions we were getting. What do we tell people when they call here and say, yeah. is trick or treating going to be allowed? Like in the subdivision, yeah. Because this one person said, like a hundred people, you know, roll through the subdivision. You know, can be there at one time. You know, you can. Imagine. Well, I mean, this comes so, down to there. There's not a whole lot of ignorance surrounding where we are now. I think everyone understands what this is, how mm-hmm. it transmits, and what our role is in that. Right. We've also all made the decision of what part we want to play mm-hmm. or don't play. Yeah. Um, you know, it's your decision. You don't want them to your house, turn your, turn your porch light off. Right. Um, and if you want to participate, participate. Oh, we've but been you doing that the risk. in the house I grew yeah. up in for years. Hey, yeah. so officially, hold on. I'm still the mayor on uh, on Halloween. You are. So I am officially dodging that. Mm-hmm. You didn't pose it. I didn't ask it. you. Yeah, I'm dodging it. Uh, the biggest, there is that one street, the street that I grew up on, where yeah, the massive on trick-or-treating yeah. happens. Um, it's certainly the best street in Cordova, hands and down. So, you know, I don't know if people are going to, they probably will do exactly what they're going to do. I would Always yeah. have done, but we've but we've kind of taken that stance from the beginning. Um, I'm going to go with the mayor that if you are, you know, you in 
basically any sort of high risk category or anything, you should probably find a different way to do it. Which yeah. I even put in the article. I try to yeah. be helpful, but as Nick Smith tells me, they nobody read reads headline. anything they but read the headline. headlines. Yeah. You know, the CDC had recommended doing little individually wrapped bags, and maybe setting you them should. out on your lawn or something. You but should make your. You should make one of your headlines. This week also. You should make one of your headlines. Uh, best information of this article in paragraph three or something mm-hmm. like that, and see if you can get them down yeah. there. I didn't think, and I'm an experienced person, and I really, yeah. I really did not think. I thought I'm going to be helpful. We have gotten this mm. question. No. I'm going to say this is what the mayor has said. A swing and a and miss. And I stepped in it. Yeah. <laughs> so that's the thing that happened last week, too. Uh, hopefully I can stay out of trouble this week. Yeah. It's not really a goal of mine, though. So. Well, this week, uh, I'm curious what we end up with. Uh, we don't have a presidential debate. Hearing started no. today. Hearing started today. I saw some chatter on Twitter. I'm, I'm not particularly interested because it's just it's just political we chatter. No, yeah. We already talked about the end result. I, I did mean, hear no, that Kamala Harris is, is uh, zooming in virtually. She's not attending. Which means she can't yeah. vote. She's attending the, the hearings, I think, from her office, possibly, or something. Okay. Yeah, she's not going to be there. I wouldn't sit next to Lindsey Graham right now. I don't trust that he doesn't have it. Mm-hmm. You know, he's my boogeyman this year, so mm-hmm. I'll leave him alone after this year's over. But this year, he's just, he's my boogeyman. Um, yeah, I'm curious what we get. I mean, really, we're going to have the Supreme Court uh, hearings, which are just going to be a dog and pony show. Mm-hmm. I don't think we get anything new or anything of substance. Uh, it's going to get out of committee, and it's going to get to the body, and the body's going to vote for her. Um, I mean... I don't really want to watch the sausage get made. Mm-hmm. I, I just, I'm, I'm disinterested. Yep. So uh, we'll just wait and see what happens this week to see what we yak about. Oh, next we'll have week. you a story. Something's yeah. going to happen. Um, Something's going to happen. We just don't know what it is yet. Hopefully, there's no coup in Cordova, though. There's not. They can have. Plan, there's not a plan <laughs> to. It would be the easiest overthrow storm. they've ever yeah. seen. I can imagine. I've had a monkey. Yeah. Say so it's all. It's yours, man. You want it? Here yeah. you go. So hopefully everybody who's in government stays in government for the next week. Uh, And we will see you next week with whatever the week that was. See you guys. Left on Red is a DME Media Production. Copyright 2020, Daily Mountain Eagle.